And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Indeedy, the Small Biz Matters here on Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted small business advocate, lover of all things admin and general good guy and supporter of small business. That's you guys out there listening to the show. So thanks very much for listening this week. Very excited about today's show because, well, for one thing, it's quite topical. As you'll soon find out. And for another thing, I have sitting across from me, Graham Elliott, who is incredibly knowledgeable in something that I think that we as small businesses don't know enough about. It's a little bit because we live in our own worlds a little bit. We, we, we only know ourselves, me, myself and I working in an office upstairs in our, in our home, for example. Um, or perhaps we haven't been through the corporate training and HR regime for a number of years and we've lost touch with how that all works. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be in touch with this aspect of our business. So, in particular, what we're going to be talking today a lot about is that DISC phenomenon, which is uh, psychometric testing. And I'm going to get corrected in just a moment by our wonderful guest, Graham Elliott. If I get any of this wrong, don't worry. It is quite detailed. So stay with me. There's lots to learn today. But it's all about the art of selling. And um, the art of selling is, of course, all about connections. We know that. We know that as small businesses. We are excellent at it. We're great at going to networking events and, and making those genuine connections with people. And of course, they should happen organically. You either connect with someone or you don't. Well, sometimes in business, some inside knowledge into the psychometric profiling of both yourself and the person you're connecting with can actually go a really long way. So today, Graham Elliott is an expert in DISC and the six core needs principles. He's going to help us to read, recognize these characteristics that we all possess And especially important is how to do that in the first few moments of connecting with someone. We've got so many connections as small businesses. We've got our clients, we've got our suppliers, we've got people we meet at networking events, we've got complete and utter strangers, we've got uh, people walking through our door constantly. How do you read and evaluate someone in just a heartbeat to know how you can connect with them for the purposes of selling? So welcome to the program, Graham. Thank you, Alexi. Good morning. Good morning to everybody listening in. I hope you find this interesting. No, it, it is no, it is interesting. I'm telling you, we sat across from one another a couple of weeks ago over coffee and um, I was enthralled. It's it's really quite, uh, I think it's everything, some people know about it vaguely. Mm. They under, um, Or perhaps we haven't been through the corporate training and HR regime for a number of years and we've lost touch with how that all works. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't be in touch with this aspect of our business. So... In particular, what we're going to be talking today a lot about is that DISC phenomenon, which is uh, psychometric testing. And I'm going to get corrected in just a moment by our wonderful guest, Graham Elliott. If I get any of this wrong, don't worry. It is quite detailed. So stay with me. There's lots to learn today. But it's all about the art of selling. And um, the art of selling is, of course, all about connections. We know that. We know that as small businesses. We are excellent at it. We're great at going to networking events and, and making those genuine connections with people. And of course, they should happen organically. You either connect with someone or you don't. Well, sometimes in business, some inside knowledge into the psychometric profiling of both yourself and the person you're connecting with can actually go a really long way. So today, Graham Elliott is an expert in DISC and the six core needs principles. He's going to help us to read, recognize these characteristics that we all possess And especially important is how to do that in the first few moments of connecting with someone. We've got so many connections as small businesses. We've got our clients, we've got our suppliers, we've got people we meet at networking events, we've got complete and utter strangers, we've got uh, people walking through our door constantly. 
how do you read and evaluate someone in just a heartbeat to know how you can connect with them for the purposes of selling? So welcome to the program, Graham. Thank you, Alexi. Good morning. Good morning to everybody listening in. I hope you find this interesting. No, it, it is no, it is interesting. I'm telling you, we sat across from one another a couple of weeks ago over coffee, and um, I was enthralled. It's it's really quite. Uh, I think it's everything. Some people know about it vaguely. Mm. They understand vaguely the principles, but what we're going to help people today with is some really practical strategies that they can walk away with that that maybe they can implement um, for that moment when they meet with people. So, let's get straight into cool. it. So, if you're looking at four types of people um the whole thing about it is to be able to understand and recognize very quickly which type of person you're dealing with and in understanding that you know how to approach them how to speak to them do you get to the point do you chit chat all this kind of thing and this is really important when you're making a connection with somebody be it at a networking event uh, a sales meeting um any event you can think of, even personal relationships obviously come down to this too. And the DISC stands for what exactly? What are those four letters for? Yep, DISC refers to the four types of, um, if you like, styles or energies. Um, So D is dominant, um, I is influencer, S is stabiliser and C is compliant. Um, Another way of thinking of them, which might make more sense, is dominant is the type of person who wants to win, so very focused. Influencer is the type of person who wants to be liked, so they're very charismatic. You can't help but like an influencer when you, when you meet one. Um, the stabiliser is the kind of person who wants to be comfortable. They like things to be predictable, the same every day. And the compliant person is the person who likes to be correct, as in technically correct. So that would be your engineer, tech head, that kind of person who's very into um, detail and... Um, predicting a model and seeing it work. Could I just put you on the spot here? And and I think what helps people to understand what those four, I'm going to use the word personalities, am I right sure. in saying that? Energy yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it, can you give me an example of a famous person who would quite comfortably flit, fit into each of those four letters? Yep, okay. So um, I'm just trying to think of you now. Um, high Ds would be, um, well, who pops to mind? Um I'm actually thinking Churchill. This is, I'm, I'm a bit into history. That's good. So. Yeah, that's good. Somebody, <laughs> someone really recognisable. So Churchill would be a very much a D character. Um, yeah, it's very strong D about him because he'll make things happen. I mean, D is the kind of D is the kind of person or the energy that we all have. So the reason I refer to energy is that we all have all of the four styles in us. Mm. So D is the one that pushes through the doubt the procrastination all that and just gets it done and we'll do the difficult things mm-hmm. so that's a good example um on the um the eye energy somebody like uh, william shatner actually popped up for some reason star trek they're actually very charismatic very easy to get along with um in terms of the um s energy someone very into um uh, just being comfortable and um is that a reliable person, like somebody who's just very stock standard, you know, y- yep. y- your father figure almost thing kind of thing, but just always there for you and just very reliable but doesn't change easily? Yeah, absolutely. Um, depends a little bit on how you got on with your father. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, probably shouldn't, so. I shouldn't introduce that concept. <laughs> uh, but look, the S energy is fantastic. Um, in an organisation, S is the energy that gets things done. So the D tends to be the leader, the CEO has the big ideas uh-huh. and drives through but gets a little bit vague on detail they're big picture yep. people yep. I is the same very charismatic gets along with absolutely everybody but suffers from pretty shiny syndromes it gets distracted very easily so um, uh, I energy people 
can be a bit tricky actually finishing things. So the S is the energy that you want in a business who just gets things done. Yep. They're very strong on process. They like clear instructions, but give them that, they're absolutely rock solid. And who would be a good eye example then? I'm a good eye example. Um, well, I mentioned Shatner. Actually, another one, just speaking historically, is um, uh, Shackleton. Who? The Arctic explorer. Now, he gets referred to a lot in uh, management courses and things now. So right. his, his famous thing was he ran um, an expedition. He was trying to get to the uh, um, South Pole and had to abandon it in uh, 14, I think it was 14 or 15. So his early last century. But the reason he's remembered is that he got everybody back. And this was at a time where the trendy theme for Arctic and Antarctic explorers was to head off on this impossible mission. Most of them would die and they'd come back and be kind of heroes, those that were left. <laughs> Shackleton actually abandoned what he was doing, trying to reach uh, where he was going and got his people home. And the techniques he used were very much about recognising who the troublemakers were, because you can imagine when people's lives are on the line, yeah. things start to come out. Mm. And he managed them exceptionally well. So Shackleton, in some management training that some people I'm sure will be familiar with, is used as an example of how to certainly handle crisis management and how to manage people. But he was very high eye, a lot of D in him as well. And just very reliable, but doesn't change easily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, depends a little bit on how you got on with your father, but... <laughs> yeah, actually, probably shouldn't. So, I shouldn't introduce that concept. <laughs> uh, but look, the S energy is fantastic. Um, in an organisation, S is the energy that gets things done. So the D tends to be the leader, the CEO, who has the big ideas uh -huh. and drives through, but gets a little bit vague on detail. They're big picture yep. people. Yep. I is the same, very charismatic, gets along with absolutely everybody, but suffers from pretty shiny syndromes. It gets distracted very easily. So um, uh, I, energy people, can be a bit tricky actually finishing things. So the S is the energy that you want in a business who just gets things done. Yep. They're very strong on process. They like clear instructions, but give them that, they're absolutely rock solid. And who would be a good eye example then? Um, a good eye example? Um well, I mentioned Shatner. Actually, another one, just speaking historically, is um, uh, Shackleton. Who? The Arctic explorer. Now, he gets referred to a lot in uh, management courses and things now. So right. his, his famous thing was he ran um, an expedition. He was trying to get to the uh, um, South Pole and had to abandon it in uh, 14, I think it was 14 or 15. So his early last century. But the reason he's remembered is that he got everybody back. And this was at a time where the trendy theme for Arctic and Antarctic explorers was to head off on this impossible mission. Most of them would die and they'd come back and be kind of heroes, those that were left. <laughs> Shackleton actually abandoned what he was doing, trying to reach uh, where he was going and got his people home. And the techniques he used were very much about recognising who the troublemakers were, because you can imagine when people's lives are on the line, yeah. things start to come out. Mm. And he managed them exceptionally well. So Shackleton, in some management training that some people I'm sure will be familiar with, is used as an example of how to certainly handle crisis management and how to manage people. But he was very high eye, a lot of D in him as well. Mm. But he had a previous job working for um, um, uh, one of the, uh, the government organisations in Scotland, actually, and everybody loved him, very charismatic, but he never got a thing done while he was there and he drove them all nuts. <laughs> so He just needed to go to the Arctic to find his true, true I, calling. I think that was what was uh, pushing him, yeah. And what about our C character? Who would be an ideal um, uh, C 
Well, with, with, so he is very much somebody who's into um, things. That are, they like models. They're not into people. They don't like unpredictability. They like to come up and theorise and test and then maybe adapt. So with, as I've got Star Trek in my head for some reason. I'm thinking of Mr. Spock. Yeah, got because, it. Yeah, that's you know, who I was, I was thinking of, a friend of mine who very much reminds me of that sort of genre. <laughs> very good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for those of you who know Star Trek, that hopefully makes some sense. Those of you who don't, very sorry, but... <laughs> just think of a, just think of an engineer, a computer engineer out there that you know. That's, uh, that's a good way to fit it. So now that we've got a, a sense of, of who's who in the zoo and, and an idea of what, what it is you mean by those people, let's talk about um, how you can use this, I guess, profiling, for want of a better word, mm. in the first few moments of meeting with someone. I mean, we're not experts. We're just small businesses. We've got a little bit of experience with meeting people and reading them to some extent. Mm. Why is it important that you can almost, um, yeah, isolate these sort of features in those first few moments? How does that help you in the conversation that follows? Sure. Well, if you think of a sales conversation, <clears throat> what's often referred to is no like and trust when, when it comes to sales. And you know, how do we, well, no, people know us because people. Let's talk about um, how you can use this, I guess, profiling, for want of a better word, mm. in the first few moments of meeting with someone. I mean, we're not experts, we're just small businesses. We've got a little bit of experience with meeting people and reading them to some extent. Mm. Why is it important that you can almost, um, yeah, isolate these sort of features in those first few moments? How does that help you in the conversation that follows? Sure. Well, if you think of a sales conversation, <clears throat> what's often referred to is no like and trust when, when it comes to sales. And, you know, how do we, well, no, people know us because they're talking to us. They may like us, they may not, but we need to develop trust. That's the key thing. In any relationship, if you're looking to have a meaningful relationship with anyone, you're going to be asking two questions of them and they'll be asking the same questions of you. And that is, are they like me and do they get me? And if you think of anybody you've got a good relationship with, I'm pretty sure you can answer yes to both of those questions. Now, with friendships, that takes time often to develop or we just heat it off with somebody. But we're now talking about an environment where it's less controlled. We've got to actually be able to connect with people pretty much on site, whether mm. you're a networking event or a business meeting, whatever it is. So this is where this becomes important. Um, with the disc energy, you can think of it a little bit like an iceberg. Disc is important because it's the behaviours and that's the top of the iceberg, so what you can see. And we'll be talking about six core needs in a little while and that's the emotional drivers and they sit in the part of the iceberg that's underwater and the two models sit together very well. So it's about what you see um, initially. So say, for example, you're um, confronted with a, you know, William, a Winston Churchill type who's come front. What, what would you expect? What sort of energy would you expect? And what sort of things would you expect them to say so you can recognise that they are a D energy? Yeah, they're going to be pretty direct. Um, they may come across as quite rude, actually, uh, because D energy is very... I'm going to talk about masculine and feminine energy, which isn't anything to do with gender, but it's about masculine energy being focused on task, feminine being focused on connection. Mm. And the D energy is very focused on task. So to them, to some extent, people are just a means of getting things done. Mm -hmm. They're not that interested in connecting with people. So they're pretty fast and loose in terms of how they connect with people. They don't really... They, people don't matter. So the person you're going to see... I'll talk about high energy. So mm. this is how quickly they're speaking and moving. And this was this is why why we're thinking of a D. 
Dean yeah. is going to be high speaking, high energy. Dean will be high energy because they're really focused on winning and they just want to get there. They're the person that just, but let's go, let's do it now. You know, let's, no hanging about, let's go. That, I, that's I'm the picturing energy. so many people <laughs> that fall into this category right now in the business community, but please continue, myself included. Uh, uh, well, I'm high D as well, yeah. so I tend to talk too fast. <laughs> but that's a clue, you see, and this is mm. why this can be used over the phone. It's not just face to face, but just listen and observe. Um, if you see somebody who's moving fairly quickly, um, they may be slim in their body. Obviously, Churchill wasn't particularly, but as an, as, as an example for that. But typically, they're quite slim in their body because they're moving all the time. They're mm. high energy. They're burning energy, you know, burning mm. things off. Can't sit still. Yeah. Exactly. And um, they're speaking quickly. Uh, they may be quite smart looking, though, because Ds are very visual. So if you're speaking to a D, you need to get them to get the picture mm. and they will think in terms of pictures yes. so their language also may reflect that with um, you know talking about well I see what you're talking about that kind of thing yeah yeah so okay there are little clues there. and your I person so what's what's what does I stand for again sorry I is influencer influencer okay so yep. you, how do you know when you've met an influencer in those first few moments well they're very charismatic you can't help but like them um, so um, do politicians fall into this category the nice ones the ones we like um, oh, look, they'll have a, a definite aspect of I to them. Otherwise, that may, they wouldn't have got that far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it allows them to connect very and be liked by people. You, uh-huh. As I say, you can't help but be liked by an I. And that's another important aspect, actually. We're all more than... We're actually made up of all four energies, but typically there's one dominant energy. Mm. Um most people have two that are high. There'll be one dominant energy, but another energy that's quite high. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, it's three energies are quite high. So everyone's a mix. But it's helpful to look at each energy in isolation because then you can begin to look at the the, the kind of main characteristics that you're you're looking for to recognise these people. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's what we're trying to do. And so your eye person is very uh, likeable and very, I guess, that they would be very good at eye contact and actually speaking to you rather than through you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I write them down here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, S is stabiliser. They're the type of people who want to be comfortable. So they tend to be slower in, in the way they move, the way they speak. They're more considered. Uh, the S is very strong in their feminine energy. They, they're very caring, uh, tend to wear their heart on their sleeve, so can be easily offended and upset by people. Is this what we talk about when we talk about emotional intelligence? So they tend to be uh, quite strong S's because... They can read a room, but at the same time, they they absorb a lot of the energy in the room, I guess, the negativity, wearing the hat on the sleeve. Yeah, emotionally intelligent, I've seen different definitions of it. The way I use it is slightly different. It's about knowing yourself. So that's right. no, that would that's how I use emotional intelligence gotcha. because they're knowing yourself. You can manage yourself, and that's obviously key. If you're in a leadership role, if you're selling, you need mm. to be able to manage yourself. Mm. And social intelligence would be the other part of that, which is then managing other people through using these techniques. Got it, got it. Okay, so our S person has come, they're very, I guess, uh, measured, I love that word, in the way that they're speaking to you. Um, what's What are they trying to gain out of the conversation? Because we, we can probably work out what the, what the Ds are trying to, the dominants are trying to work out of the conversation. The influencers are probably trying to, I don't know, bring you to their flock, well, I they guess. want to be liked. Yeah. They basically want to be liked. So if you're having a business meeting with an influencer, let's say it goes on for an hour, it's quite possible you'll spend 55 minutes talking about anything other than what than business, which might be five minutes. They want to chat and connect. Yeah. So that's how the eye works. With the S energy, they're about reassurance. So For themselves or for you? Uh, for, uh, Primarily for themselves, but you will find S energy in caring professions, anything Mm. where they're in service to other people, Mm -hmm. because they're very strong in their feminine energy. They care very much about people, family. 
is important. So if you're in an S, high, a person with high S energy, if you're in their home or their office, you're likely to see family portraits around the place or mm-hmm. pictures of people they care about. Yeah. It will feel very, very welcoming. Yes. They're the kind of people, they've got lovely energy and you'll immediately feel safe with them. Mm-hmm. So they're absolutely beautiful energy, but they can be easily upset by... D's, speaking as a D, who's done this <laughs> frequently, <laughs> not intentionally, but it's just how it goes. You didn't read them very well and then you just took over the conversation, I'm taking it? Oh, well, I, I didn't even know at the time. So I was, um, I had a lady working for me and every Monday we'd have a little meeting, myself and the sales guy and this lady, and um, I'd run through quickly what we were doing this week and she'd ask me more questions and, uh, you know, I'd answer the questions, but I think I've said it. You know, how much more do you need? Because I'm not detailed. And yes. in the end, I would just say to her, I'll just get it done. Yeah. Which she hated. Yeah. Because I hadn't actually given her clear, detailed instructions, which is where an S lives. So they want reassurance. They want to feel safe with you. So they're very much focused on how long have you been around? Are you reliable? All these kind of questions. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, our last group is our C's, which is our... Yep, they're the compliance. Compliance, okay. thank you. That's okay. <laughs> There's only four things I have to remember today. Uh, and, and they're the compliance ones who they walk into the conversation and they're, they're the detail people. They're the people yep. who want... Are they the ones who want to talk about processes and procedures and, and those sort of details or... More, less about getting things done, but more about the analytics. Yeah, that, that's right. They're the, if you think of them as the engineer who evidence, they really want to understand in huge detail. And these people, if you're in an organisation, if you're in a technical organisation, this is probably the one person that you can't afford to lose because they know the technology in a level of depth that's critical to your point of difference, perhaps, as an mm-hmm. engineering company. Mm-hmm. Um, but for everybody else, they can't even get close to matching that person. Yeah. It sounds to me with the way you're describing each of these in, in such fantastic descriptions, you if you're building a team, I don't think it matters what it is that you do in your business you almost need all four of you in yeah. that. But the, the tricky part is managing those people once they walk in the room, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is where um, sometimes... Sometime, yeah, sorry, yeah, I just might sorry. interrupt you there and just say, we'll just go to a quick break because we're getting very close to the, to the time that we need to take some community service announcements. But there is just so much to go through today. Let's just take a quick break, Graham, and uh, we'll be back after this short community service announcements. You're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. So we're back in the room right now. We're talking to Graham Elliott. And just before the break, we were talking about the four categories, personalities within the DISC uh, method, which is a method of psychometric testing. It's really pushing me today with the, uh, <laughs> the different aspects that I've got to be thinking of. And we've got Graham in the room today, who is an expert when it comes to psychometric evaluations. He's sharing us with us, with us some fantastic knowledge about how to use these uh, methods of reading people when you first meet them in the first few seconds and, and then how, how you can manipulate that uh, in a sales capacity to improve the relationship with this person. How do you manage it, Graham? Well, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> <laughs> and where you clearly need some support if you haven't got some already in your business. Absolutely. And this, this to me is one of the strengths of doing this kind of um, assessment together as a team. And this is what I sometimes do with training. Um, I was actually at a company last week and we were, I was chatting to the lady who ran it, who's a very high D, and another lady who uh, does operations in there and she's high S. 
And we kind of got joking because the D ladies, the Ds are very much into um, big picture but not detail and just get it done. They just Mm -hmm. want to get focused. They're focused on the end point and getting there. Mm -hmm. Whereas the S energy is about process. It's about, well, what are the steps? And once they're clear on the steps, they will do them reliably every time. So they're absolutely rock solid in the business. But unfortunately, you're talking about a big picture person talking to a detailed person. And unless you actually understand where each other's coming from, you can really have problems. So um, the S energy might think the D is rude and not giving them enough information. The D energy might think the S just doesn't get it. You know, what's wrong with them? They can't figure it out. So the beauty of getting people together and doing this kind of assessment together is you begin to see how you're naturally wired and why you like to take information differently. And this is why it's so important in a team to understand the captain energy of every member of the team, um, how each one communicates, how each one likes to have um, information, things like how they behave under stress, because if you understand this, each one is different, you can begin to spot it as a leader. So there are many, many benefits that you can get from doing a DISC process together as as a group and see the strengths of each member and also where they one member needs to adjust their communication to help the other one along. Yeah, no, and, and that makes a lot of sense because I think um, as well as knowing who it is who is controlling the group as a whole, you almost need to understand in understanding people's strengths where they can lead the group in different aspects or different um, tasks. Absolutely, and it's also important as a leader to recognise yeah, you're good at some things, but there are other areas you're going to be quite weak at. Mm-hmm. So you need, first of all, other people in there to to cover those areas for you, but you also need to be able to work effectively with them. And this is where the social intelligence that I mentioned earlier comes in. Um, it starts with knowing yourself with the emotional intelligence, where you're coming from, what are your disc energies, what does that imply in terms of how you work and communicate, mm-hmm. and understand other people in the team what are their energies, recognise their strengths, but know how to adapt your style, how you communicate to match them. And this, of course, is what we're talking about when we go into a sales environment as well. With your social intelligence knowing yourself, you then recognising the person you're speaking to, which kind of captain energy they have, you know how to adjust your approach to them. And I think people who are quite experienced at meeting a myriad of personalities and people at either networking or business meetings you become better at reading the situation, don't you? You kind of go, oh, okay, this person is talking over the top of me. I need to listen because they're not feeling like they're being listened to or perhaps um, they're speaking quite softly so they're trying trying not to interrupt me but at the same time I need to make sure that I give them some space in the conversation. And I'll be the first to say that I've learned a great deal by thinking of things this way. And I go back to what my mum says actually. Um, Mum always says to me, you know, the best person to, to know in a meeting is the person who listens. Mm. And it's not necessarily all about you just ramming down their throats what it is that you're trying to sell at them. Don't talk at them. Talk with them in a, in a conversation. So it's interesting what you're saying about those four facets and fitting them into a team. Um, am I right in assuming that any of those four personalities can still, uh, can still be a leader in certain circumstances? It's not that only the Ds are leaders, right? Um you're right, you don't have to be a D to be a leader, but you definitely need access to D energy at times to make it happen because D is very focused on big picture and on getting things done. Uh, right, otherwise you just get a frou-frou around the place and not get anything 
done, for example, if it's too hard, uh, too much in the eye space. Exactly. The eye will be going around chatting to everybody, yeah. and, you know, having fun, <laughs> yeah. but not actually quite getting anything done, done at all. Um, the S energy will be stuck in process, but kind of fence setting. The S energy classically fence sets. They're, they're not good decision making people. So you'll find a lot of committees and that kind of thing going on where S's are in charge. Um, the C will get distracted by technical detail and uh, it never quite get finished if you leave them to their own devices because they're always tinkering. Mm-hmm. So you need that D energy to have that focus and that drive to push through and make things happen and to say that's good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect, just good enough will go that kind of energy but your dominant can be something else and this is one of the advantages of working uh, with people and profiling them you can see what their dominant energy is but let's say you've got a high um, s energy who's in a senior role maybe that person needs to be coached to develop their d their d energy more Mm, mm. And, and that's where those analytics really come in handy and i guess where the corporate world has nailed it because they have been psychometric and evaluations for 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 a long time when it comes to the hiring as well as maintaining people in their spaces and i guess it's all become part of their kpis as well am i that's sort of all part of the you know what you need to improve on personality wise as well as your technical aspects of your job absolutely And, and an important distinction between disc and some of the other profiling systems out there is that we refer to it as a behavioral profiling system not personality mm-hmm. and the implications are slightly different personality says well that's what you are and i i know people avoid uh, ch- making changes because they'll just look at their profile and say well i could do that but is know. that that whole extrovert introvert thing i don't think that they're aspects Okay. There are aspects and they can be defined slightly differently. So when I'm talking about DISC, I would use that as how you would recharge. So the I, for example, is an extrovert in that they recharge by being with other people. Ah. So if you're with an I, and, and I've chatted to people a lot about this and I've noticed that you might find someone who's a high I energy and they're lovely to be with. But after about half an hour, you start feeling really tired. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've sucked the energy well, essentially, out of that's what's gone on. Oh, wow. Whereas a lot, most of the other types, D is kind of in the middle a bit, but the S and the C are both introverts, and by that I mean they recharge by being on their own. So you might find um, somebody, um, let's say at a party, I know someone used, used this as an example, um, uh, his, they would run parties and his wife would have to go disappear into a bedroom for a while every now and again just to recharge because she's an introvert and being with those people um, was just draining. So wow. that was her way of recharging. That's really interesting. And, and, and I know that I'm sure everybody who's listening this morning can also be mentally thinking about people who just fall into those categories as you're describing them, which is which is really great. Now, let's talk about um, the other aspect of today's show, which is the core, six core needs. At the beginning of the program, you were talking about, um, you know, people's personality being an iceberg. What we see on the top um, and what we're exposed to is the D, the I, the S and the C. Hmm. And then underneath that, which is almost a bigger chunk, if I'm right with your iceberg yeah. analogy, is uh, the six core needs. So could you just take me through this? This It's a Tony Robbins principle. So take me through what, how they interrelate and what exactly are the six core needs. Yeah, sure. So this is a model that Tony Robbins developed. And basically, um, the six core needs are emotional needs that we are consistently trying to meet subconsciously. So no matter what we're doing, We are trying to meet each of these six core needs consistently, but the order in which we try and meet them is different. And this is where this model dovetails very nicely into DISC because each of the four DISC energies um, has um, a particular pairing of two of the needs that they try and meet first. Mm. Um, Now, the six core needs split into 
the first four needs, which are referred to as the, need, the needs of the person, and the last two are referred to as the needs of the spirit. And by that, I simply mean that they, you can't meet them in an unresourceful way. And what I mean by that is that if you meet something resourcefully, it's good for you. It's, it's something you can carry on doing. If it's unresourceful, it's not particularly good for you. So, for example, one of the needs is a need for significance, as in being noticed. If I was to stand up in the middle of a restaurant and absolutely yell at somebody and throw cups around and plates and what have you, well, yeah, sure, I've got significance in that moment, but is that particularly good? Not really. So that's what I mean by an unresourceful way of meeting a need. You'd sort of meet it in the moment, but you wouldn't want to try and meet it consistently. So I'll go to the, the last two. The needs of the spirit are simply growth and contribution, and that growth adds in improving yourself and contribution as in giving back. So if you're meeting those needs truly, then you can't do that in an unresourceful way. So we tend not to include those two when we use this model with uh, DISC and in the way I use it to, to help you connect with people. Now, the f- needs of the person, the first um, need is... Um, th- Sorry, we'll talk about significance and connection. So significance, as I've already mentioned, is about being noticed, this model with uh, DISC and in the way I use it to to help you connect with people. Now, the needs of the person, the first um, need is... um, Sorry, we'll talk about significance and connection. So significance, as I've already mentioned, is about being noticed. It's knowing that you matter... And um, this sort of is on a it works very closely with connection, which is just being able to connect with other people. And by connection, at one end of the scale, it could be saying good morning to the bus driver. And on the other end of the scale, it's having the most amazing intimate relationship with, uh, you know, a partner where you're exploring every aspect of love. If you like to think of it, that's the scale. So it's, it's a pretty long scale. In terms of meeting people, significance and contribution work together in that you can be a giver or a taker of significance. So if, um, Alexi, we were to meet at a party, let's say, and I asked you about your weekend and you were telling me about it and I started asking you more and more about it so that I really understood more about you and what had been good about it, um, you'd enjoy that conversation. And if you saw me again, you'd probably want to have, have another conversation. And that's being a giver of significance. So obviously if you're a giver of significance, then you'll connect very well with people. On the other hand, if I asked you about your weekend and then immediately started telling you about mine and making this conversation all about me, that's called being a taker of significance. So I'm pretty sure if you saw me again, you'd be doing anything to avoid having another, you know, conversation, you know, being on the phone, climbing out of the toilet window at the back of the (laughs) building, anything, you know, to avoid having that conversation. What's important to know is whether you're naturally a giver.